My name is Yaz Hagigat and this is Inside the Hive, a podcast where we do a deep dive into all things robotics and automation. Whether you work with machinery, in warehouses or on supply chains, we know that precision, precision, precision is key. We get that it's a pretty unstable world out there at the moment and that we're all looking for solutions that will help us get that leg up. But what about all this talk of automation? You've probably heard the whole work smarter, not harder thing all the time, whether it's from your finance directors or business mentors. But what does that actually mean for you and your business? Are there solutions out there that can help you and your existing machinery rise above and beyond your competitors? Today on Inside the Hive, we talk to an integrator who has a solution to help you get the best out of your business with an improvement of accuracy and precision, precision, precision at the forefront of their minds. I speak with Roger Holden, Director of True Precision Robotics, who gives us a frank insight into working with UK SMEs, what solutions can help you improve your business efficiency, and how technologies developed in the aerospace sector are helping advance other UK industries. So, Roger, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Yaz. Good to be here. Good. So can you tell me, Roger, in a, in a nutshell, what exactly does your company True Precision Robotics do and, and what's your role within the company? Okay. Um, well, we're termed an integrator. So we're an integrator of what we term smart robotics. And by pairing sensors, including measurement systems with industrial robots, we create intelligent robot cells. And the the benefit of that is that we can pull together lots of standard tools uh, that are off the shelf to supply very fast and cost efficient solutions. A good example would be in high accuracy drilling and inline inspection. We also supply smart subsystems. So our technology isn't everything in the robot cell. Um, our customers can build those robot cells and just use some of our elements to help the intelligence in the cell. And my role in the business is the, the director. Amazing. So essentially what you do is to make smart robots even smarter. That's right. Yes, that's the goal. So what's Roger, what's your background? Obviously, um, TPR does a lot of work in the aerospace and the automotive sectors, but have you always been in the aerospace line of work? What's your background? Um, I've been in advanced robotics for all my working life, which is nearly 40 years now. Um, TPR is actually a new business. It's only been running for just over two years. Um, but my background covers automotive and aerospace. And I probably spent half my working life in each. So you've got lots of experience then. So having been in um, in the aerospace and the automotive industries, where have you seen pain points? What are some common issues that you think companies come up with, especially working in these industries? I think that one of the most common feedbacks I get from talking to people is they just don't believe that they'll be able to automate. Um, They see that their production rates are probably too low. And when they look around um, what are traditionally very large automation systems in the likes of Airbus and Boeing, they they think they're just unaffordable. So one of the first hurdles is to engage on a discussion on what people want 
um, because there are solutions out there. Uh, so it's the first hurdle is in the mind, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something that uh, we as a company have come across as well, is that people think that robots, as you said, are just for the big companies. And actually, that simply isn't the case. There are other SMEs and other companies like yourselves that are here to offer solutions that can actually work to help people increase their productivity, really help with their businesses. So if you say that there are actually solutions that exist that can help these SMEs, can you tell me about anything in particular that you and TPR can offer to help with these issues that smaller companies might be facing? Um, Yes, I think one of the key things is to get a constructive dialogue and build up a level of trust. As you say, it's not as scary as some people may imagine, but the first level is to build a good working relationship with a trusted supplier. The second is to understand what it is you actually need to be successful. So we see sometimes people over-specify things or specify things that are not the key things for their business. Um, Those are the two key things, I would say. So it's just making sure that when customers or clients come to you, you can really help them digest the exact issues that they're having in their business because they might come to you and say, oh, we want a full solution from A to Z. But actually, you might say, actually, we can we can identify that your pain point is here in the middle. And that's that's where we can start. I was reading on your blog that you offer ARC. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Okay, so ARC stands for Adaptive Robot Control. And what we've done there, and this goes back in aerospace over 20 years, the manufacturers have very high tolerance requirements for processes such as drilling holes. And a standard robot out of its box isn't capable today of achieving that level of precision. So what we developed was an integrated solution where we guide the robot with a measurement system. And one of the key elements of that is we're guiding the robot tool to the fixture it's doing work on. So our measurement systems track both the robot and the parts that they're doing work on. And that combination enables us to get within the Airbus design book tolerance of 0.2 millimetres. Wow, that's really, really precise. Yes, and and it's also really simple because the robot programming is derived totally from CAD, so offline programmed. So there's not a, a large commissioning manual tweak adjustment process. It's very simple to just create the, the programs in an office, send them to the robot, and let the smarts in the robot cell from TPR guide it to the right place to do its work. So it's much more simple than I think a lot of people realise. Yes, definitely easier. I was reading about your open day last year in November, and um, I saw that you did a section on laser scanning and how it's apparently a growing market. Is that right? Yes, people are, are looking for comfort. Um, both in their own management of their production processes, but also quite often it's a key part of getting paid. So they have to supply an inspection report for the work they've done. Now, there are a number of different metrology systems out there, but nearly all of them are 
manual. And so what we've done is developed uh, a, a robot inspection system using different hardware from different manufacturers and combining them together to create this laser scanning inspection system. We call it AIR for Automated Inspection and Reporting because the focus is really on the benefit to the customer, the inspection, the reporting, the information for their process rather than the equipment per se on its own. And are you finding that your customers, when they're, when they're asking for these solutions, is it 50-50 Europe or UK? Because I know that UK businesses sometimes have a little bit of difficulty with taking on these you know, new automation solutions. Um, nearly all of our business at the moment is UK-based. Uh, the UK, I believe, is the second largest aerospace market in the world. So we are blessed with quite a large local potential market for our customs. We have reached out a little bit overseas, but one of the experiences I've had in past companies is reaching out too early and overstretching. So our, our focus for the next few years is largely UK-based and by the mid-2020s to grow more our export capability. That's great to know that we've got all of this support with you here, supporting uh, UK businesses. That's really great to hear. Do you think, um, just talking about robotics and you know your experience in general, you know we read a lot of reports about saying that the UK is not as progressive as looking into automation solutions. I know you said we have a large client base here, but in general, why do you think that UK businesses aren't being more progressive and looking into automation solutions when we compare to you know, places like Germany or Singapore? I think that's a really deep question. There are <laughs> lots, of, lots of cultural issues. I mean, some countries are less risk averse than the UK and so more or happier to take um, a punt into a new field. Others are more focused on productivity than we are perhaps in the UK. What, what I am seeing, though, is that that is changing, where people are looking for replacing, and I, I'm not talking um, about redundancies and things like that, but we do have an ageing workforce, and younger people like to work with technology, so we have a number of apprentice schemes, but they don't really want to do those manual assembly jobs. So if our customers want to keep that sort of product manufacturing in the UK, they are starting to look at automation because of that demographic challenge. The other thing that's really associated, I think, with COVID is it has put supply chains under a lot of pressure and people are looking to reshore. So again, that's leading to a more open view on automation. As an engineer, you could say in the past, sometimes uh, the financial oversight of companies has looked at um, too short a return on investment period as being one of the barriers for adoption. But if you look around and talk to the industrial robot companies, at the moment there are so many 
methods of renting robots, leasing robots. So there are financial solutions. I think it goes back to my first point that, that probably the biggest barrier is in people's heads that they, don't, they just think it's not affordable or too complicated. So really it should be, we should be making the strive to educate people in a sense and say, look, actually it's here, you know, solutions are here for you. We just need to make sure that they know that. So you, you, you mentioned, you know, finances and, and that could have been an issue or a barrier to entry in the past. So if we just talk about money, as you said, a lot of the issues with adopting automation can come from potentially SMEs thinking that there's a lack of finances or, or lack of financial support. So solutions that are that are out there, you know, like the solutions that you offer as well, are they really as pricey as SMEs think that they're fabled to be? Um, the answer is no. It becomes a, a blend, I think, of being very clear what you want. And sometimes people see somebody else doing something and want to copy that. And then they end up with a lot of technology that's not really directly related to solving their problem. So specifying what you want is very important. And also thinking medium term in terms of those return on investment levels. And they're not huge. You know, we're talking a year, 18 months. It's not like you're buying a machine for the next 30 years. Is this consultation process something that, that you offer to your customers as well as this part of the process right at the beginning? Or do you tend to have customers that already know what they want before coming to you? I think it's a genuine collaboration. We find that some of our customers are really clear about what they want and we engage at a at a level straight away in terms of moving forward on a project but also there are others that genuinely want help and I think that's something that's very important that we don't overcomplicate things and we do help people define what it is they really want and I think when everybody's on the same page and working together the chances of success in an automation project are, are really very high. Where you see challenges out there in the industry is when people buy things and they either haven't communicated what it is they want or their supplier hasn't delivered what they wanted. It's those communication barriers and it is a key part of what we do. You know, we, we want a genuine win-win with our customers. So it's important to us. We do know what they want the key things that are important to them, the gaps that we can help fill, and also the gaps in our supplies that they can help us with, or we work with other partners. So we're not looking to be a one-stop shop for everything to do with automation on the shop floor. More than happy to work with other integrators and plug our technology into their, their own larger robot cells. I think that's that's really great to hear and, and really important as well for for SMEs out there knowing that you've got that level of transparency because uh, I think that's that's really important so how easy is it to install solutions is it is it really that easy I know we've talked about plug and play solutions before is it as easy as just once you've been through that consultation process and defined what exactly you need what's the process of actually doing it and how easy is it I think there are two distinct routes one is some of our customers want to learn everything about the technology and then we have to go through that learning curve for them or with them. So those projects may take a little bit longer to get up and running and uh, achieve a level of buy-off. 
but they're the sort of customers we very rarely hear from again because they're used to working with the equipment, know everything about it, and off they go. Other customers don't want to learn everything about it. They're not interested in certain parts of the process of creating robot programs, producing parts and, and measuring them. So that becomes another collaborative way of, well, what do you want to do and what shall we do to help you fill those gaps? The challenges you find are, are where things get mixed up in the middle, where sometimes people want to learn everything, but they don't actually have the time within their business to learn everything. So again, it comes back to the start of a project, getting expectations aligned so everybody knows what they're doing to be successful. Yeah, managing those expectations is so important. So talking about this this process then, if I put myself in the, the shoes of an SME and say that I'm um, you know, I'm new to new to your solutions, can you talk me through the entire process and the conversations of almost like a step-by-step process of, of what would happen? So I would get in contact with you initially. Would there be things, for example, um, obviously I know it's during the pandemic at the moment, um, but site visits or sending in photographs, having video chats, what those initial steps would look like? Yes, all of the above. Generally speaking, these are not quick sales. So there's a level of learning from each other. In terms of the process, it would start with a contact. I mean, and generally people would contact us. Once we've got a relationship going and look at opportunities for automation, it's understanding from the customers, from our point of view, what the customer wants and what they're trying to achieve from that. Particularly with SMEs, that that customer base is, is like a mirror of TPR in as much as we have certain skills that are niche and at a very high level. And it's likely to be the same with any SME looking to adopt automation. So we wouldn't want them to be a passive partner in this sort of work. And also we wouldn't assume that we know more about their processes than they do. I mean, they are in business and making money because of their skills. So it is working through that relationship, defining what people want. And it could be, we do site visits, that's never a problem. It's always interesting to go around a factory. Or it could be that they want to just buy some equipment and plug it in themselves. It could be anything, absolutely anything. But without sort of ducking the, the question, I would say it's being in it for the duration of the project. And so, being prepared to learn from each other through a whole range of things. I think that's a really important point that you make is that it's a, it's an open discussion, it's an open conversation that you're having and both parties involved have as much to learn about each other. You know, like starting a new relationship, isn't it? It's getting to know each other and getting to know the ins and outs of exactly what you're doing before you can find a solution rather than them coming to you with an initial conversation and you saying, here, this will this will do. It's that it's about that bespoke, uh, tailored solution and, and, you know, really nurturing that relationship with your customers, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, what we're finding from our customers is whilst they all want bespoke solutions, rather than doing a bespoke everything robot cell, which is likely to be both time consuming and expensive, it's looking to see what they can plug in, what's out there that's at a much better 
price point and matured at a higher level, so lower risk, that they can plug in. And so it's that freedom to do that um, pick and mix on a robot cell that, that I think our customers are increasingly looking at. Because I know that you do already have solutions that fit particular robot models. If a customer comes to you and there happens to be something that, that you have that doesn't quite fit, is it possible for you to tailor something or to change something? And, and normally, how long does that take to tailor something to a particular client's needs? Um, typically speaking, if it was a, a robot that's not in our range, and we do cover most of the robots that are on the market, It depends on the robot controller type. So typically it could be two weeks to integrate our adaptive control into a different robot controller. But that's when you do get into the site visits and understanding because not all robots work the same way with the same electronics and the same software. So that would be a bespoke project. But yeah, Typically speaking, it's not a huge sum of money. Of course, of course. Can you give me any particular examples of any companies that you've worked with in the past? We have done a huge amount within the aerospace structures market on drilling and inspection and developing these smart solutions. I mean, one of the the projects was compared to a bespoke automation system. We can take a simple robot tool like a drill, drill it at a very high precision and then change the tool to, say, a fastener tool built mainly from, say, a manual hand tool and get to exactly the same place to put the fastener in the hole we've just processed. That's all with lightweight tools, so we're environmentally very friendly. Uh, We take less energy for our processes and we're using equipment that's significantly cheaper than the norm. So one of the things we see is that some of these expensive bespoke solutions are expensive and bespoke because they they can't solve some of the primary issues of a robot getting to the same place twice with different tools. Now we have solved that. So that's an example of how we've helped a customer. We did a project a while ago actually not under TPR's name, but within the the same people involved. And that saved a huge amount of uh, labour on the process. Um, So it was actually 19 people who were redeployed within the business. A very fast return on investment. But that's been running now for 20 years. It It was the first adaptive control project we did. And that's 20 years without concessions. Now, people in the aerospace market will know concessions are a very expensive part of the build process. And if you have a process that's concession free, you can save a huge amount of money over the the years. And we've been doing that repeatedly for almost two decades. You're investing in something that is going to last you for years and years and years. So it's, it's actually a very, very good investment. And I know you said that you've mentioned that, you know, obviously you work in the aerospace and these projects you've talked about are within the aerospace industry. But I know you do work in the automotive sector as well. Is that right? We have done. Um, we're actually, the, the, the pull we're seeing in automotive is in two directions, but mainly on the smart plug-in tools, looking at new processes. So 
Clearly there's a drive to electric vehicles, so there are different build requirements for those cars. And they're also looking more at almost aerospace type build technologies, for so composite cars. So we're seeing more of, in terms of automotive, a translation from aerospace into automotive. But because we focused on these sort of lightweight, flexible solutions in aerospace on smaller assemblies, it fits very well into that automotive requirement. So you're seeing that the um, the technologies within aerospace are starting to influence other industries. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are other industries that are starting up new that are also looking at how can we automate processes that have been traditionally manual using high precision, so beyond uh, an out-of-box robot capability and a good example would be robot house building so we're all aware that there's a a shortage of housing in the country and more and more companies are looking to develop technologies to automate house building in modules sections you name it it's uh, it's becoming quite uh, a complicated landscape already It'll be really interesting to see over the next couple of months and years how all of this is going to develop, especially with the uh, the situation with the pandemic at the moment, which is obviously influencing, as you said, supply chains, it's influencing businesses, you know, strategies in the future. So talking about the pandemic, as is the hot topic at the moment, <laughs> think, so thinking about the situation with COVID-19, do you think in your expertise, automation is the way forward? But bringing it back to specifically what you do at at TPR, how can solutions like ARC or AIR, for example, make an impact to UK businesses, especially in the way that they can navigate through these unprecedented times? I think um, one of the key things with these technologies is new product introduction. So some of the discussions we're having with customers are, yes, clearly at the moment there's a lot of pain. Production rates are really affected but we're also in a market where driving a a tanker you know they're they're difficult to turn around quickly but they are aware of the the things may change so what might be a case from the the pandemic is a need for different forms of transport quickly to scale up and so technologies such as ours that are mature can plug in and help those customers come up with new products, new structures, new geometries very quickly and conform them with um, our inspection processes is a real win for them because the alternative in terms of automation is bespoke automation that could take years to get finished working from scratch. So Mm. what I see in terms of the the pandemic is that there's a lot of short-term pain everywhere but there's a huge amount of optimism out there as well for those that can navigate through this crisis. And I do believe there's a huge amount of pent-up desire for people to travel again, go on those foreign holidays and then mini breaks and so on. So I do think it will improve. Good. It's very optimistic and uh, (laughs) inspirational to hear. (laughs) So finally, Roger, just before we wrap up, Thinking about uh, the people at home who are listening, if you had to give three top tips for new businesses who want to invest in robot solutions, what would they be? 
I think the first is an engagement with a good partner. So it is an engagement, it's a relationship. I think the second is to be clear what success looks like, and we can certainly help with that and work collaboratively. I think we are definitely in the world of win-win relationships, and I think that's the only sensible way to work. I think historically where some people might have put certain things in specifications for suppliers to trip up on or suppliers to over egg certain parts of their product specifications and leave the, the customer wanting it's just not the way forward so i think it's all about relationships and understanding what it is you want and working together to get there there's some good good tips there <laughs> Thank you, Roger. It's been a really insightful and interesting conversation and we really look forward to learning more about yours and TPR's future projects. So please do keep us up to date. Thanks, Yas. Yeah, good to talk to you. If you'd like to find out how Roger and the TPR team can help you improve accuracy and precision in your business, you can contact them on roger at tpr.solutions or the TPR commercial specialist, Alex Green, on alex at tpr.solutions. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to listen to more of the chats and catch-ups we have, then subscribe to Inside the Hive on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to feature on the podcast or have any interesting news or stories you'd like to tell us, you can drop us an email on team at bot-hive.com or check us out on social media where all of our handles are at we are bot hive. Thank you for listening. This has been Inside the Hive. Until next time.